we are back at MJ BizCon, and I am excited. I'm excited. I, when I get to interview my peers, my fellow journey people, my travelers who are out there looking in the world for things who aren't necessarily concerned about money, but are more of like have that intellectual appetite, uh, I, am, I am very excited. So we get to chat a little bit, and this will be a very valuable podcast because you'll get a little insight into what's going on in the cannabis space at MJ BizCon with 30,000 cannabis individuals coming together. To meet you down again, to meet you down again. I don't know if I said MJ BizCon 22, but I'm here with Rachel, a freelance journalist. Is that how you prefer to be introduced? It's actually Rochelle, but oh, oh, yes. Rochelle, I'm sorry. No, it's all good. It's actually been happening all week. Like, some of these people I've known for years, and they're still calling me Rachel. Well, and it's I'm spelled like, wrong. Okay. No, it's, yeah, R-A-C-H-E-L-L-E. -L -L -E. Rochelle. Rochelle, yeah. Okay. I got to do a LinkedIn post or something about it. Like, yo. This is not my name. <laughs> well, I'm like a phonetic speller because I'm a Mexican. So, I mean, the whole English language is really beyond me. I just spell <laughs> shit like it. I'm a mess. Okay. So, tell us a little bit about who you are and your journey through cannabis so people get a feeling for you and your level of expertise. And then we're going to talk about some of the topics that you're seeing, some of the people that you're interviewing, some of your things you find interesting. And we'll go from there. Sounds good. So, I've been a cannabis journalist uh, for about going on seven years now. Seven years. Yeah, I uh, I started. Um, I'm gonna put out a little pa pull out a little paper. So please, yeah, take take notes. Yes, that's <laughs> an ex, ex prosecutor habit. <laughs> I actually am not a classically trained journalist. I ac was actually a preschool teacher. Nice. Before, yeah, but then unfortunately. Are you friends with Luna? Luna, what up, girl? Lu I, I'll take it. Luna, Luna. Queen. Luna, Luna, when you're ready, jump on. She'll, she'll jump on. She'll go yes, ahead. tap in. So, anyways, I was a preschool teacher, but then I ended up catching a case. I got busted with a bunch of cannabis. And What uh, year was that? Uh, 2011. 2011, busted cannabis, okay. Yep, so quit teaching, started writing more as a side hustle, and then as the legal industry started uh, taking waves, then I jumped on that train and... Here I am today. I write for a bunch of different publications. I've done everything from High Times to Cannabis Now, MG. I work with the Beard Bros quite a bit. I love the Beard Bros, guys. Shout out Beard Bros. We love them. We are big fans. Well, Luna, jump in on here. Luna, put your headset on. We're having a discussion. Luna, jump in. All jump right. in. I love when Luna's on the podcast. Luna, uh, iSpire. Uh, iSpire has been kind enough to host us here at MJ BizCon. So shout out to iSpire. Love iSpire. Uh, iSpire is uh, always... Check. Yeah, there we go. iSpire is concerned about the education and the advancement of the cannabis industry in general. And saving the terps. And always. Terps. Yes. Got to save... Yes, save... Okay. Save the terps. So they were gracious enough to host us. So, but when Luna's on the show co-hosting, it takes it to the whole another level. With the cannabis conscious commentary. You hear her voice? Love it. Right? Amazing. Right? And we invented something called... We, well, we have meat unshackled, but working with Luna, we're going to do a meat of shackled. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Next the, level. Uh, yes. And you got the, the x-rated version. Glasses. <laughs> okay. So back, back, back to Rochelle, because we're interviewing Rochelle. This today. is, this is the one. This, this is the one. It's the one stop shop for all things you need, it's really. The Keanu Reeves of cannabis journalism. <laughs> right? Classic. Okay. So uh, let's talk a little bit more about you and your journey, and then we'll get into the hot topics. Please, please, please. So, yeah, I had a really great time uh, traveling all over North America. It's been a blessing. I've been fortunate enough to meet an, enough amazing, amazing people. It's been a blessing. 
and I like to talk about all kinds of different you know things. You met me now too. There. Hi, you're so amazing. I, I mean, come on, that what a ham. Two amazing Jeez. people here. Oh. It's like the dogs that you, the one sees one getting pet, and the other one puts their butt. <laughs> what what, what right about me? It's a human touch. I was like, what's going on there? It's cannabis. Dude. We're all oh, so yeah, warm, yeah, and it makes yeah. us feel like we like we're here for a reason. It keeps us all in it. It's not an easy space, so community is key. Truly, I truly. keep interrupting her. She was traveling north across America. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I've built an amazing network. I've seen a lot of things happen and a lot of things play out. And I've been fortunate enough to help write the narrative as it happens. And it's a huge blessing and an honor that I don't take lightly um, because there's a lot of people who are watching us. And yes. it's really important to get the information out to the people about the industry and about this plant medicine because, unfortunately, there's a lot of misinformation that's being disseminated and we can't have that. No, it's unethical. Absolutely. So we have to make sure that we are representing our industry in the right way and getting the information out there to the folks who need it the most. That's what I'm about. You're gonna, and we're, we're gonna focus on the on the stories that you are covering right now. But I saw it share you a little something. I just got texted, texted an anonymous off the record rant, uh, but I mean, it looks like a rant, but it's actually a story about some of the business practices of Cureleaf, which I'm going to post on LinkedIn. Anyways, so let's talk about you. What, what kind of, what kind of stories? <laughs> I know, it's like, don't tell, don't talk about Cureleaf. Um, well, I mean, okay. they've been in the news since well, this 2014. Is a, with this the is a shelf space issue. Oh, when, got it. When, when brands are being fleeced for $20,000 a month for shelf space, I get a little bit annoyed because that limits the patients and the consumers. So here's choices. my question. If we're going to be playing whack-a-mole if we just focus on brands. How do we create systems where that's not allowed? We have so many other industries right. that have certain gatekeeping elements. Free like market, direct-to-consumer. Manufacturers being allowed to sell the consumer. We have to get there. But how do we regulate the retailer's choice of how to stock their shelves? That, that's the mm -hmm. thing is how do we create a standard so that X amount goes to equity? X amount has to be for women. It's almost like in order to be eligible well, for a, su well, a government subsidy, you need to hit these things. Yeah. Well, that, that's a little tough because, I mean, you have like the Walgreens and the Walmarts and Cyril K's. And you walk in Cyril K and there's 10 types of sodas. And, you know, there's a lot of other people could invent and create sodas out there. But if you don't allow the inventor of the soda to go direct to the consumer, that soda will never have a chance to evolve. Right. Circle K is going to be able to do what Circle K wants it to because it only has amount of shelf space, and they can be greedy capitalist $20,000 a month. And the same person can buy that product on Amazon, too. So the point is, is the store is just a novelty. The, the access to, to it is... Consumer. It, that's a very good point. I'm sorry, Rochelle. Luna and I get into these things because <laughs> we're both free market people. But so talk. let's talk about some of your stories and, and some of the things that uh, either you want to talk about from past stories that you've done or something maybe that's cool that you've seen in the last three days. Well, here's what I'll tease out for my coverage of MJ BizCon okay, 2022. Okay, um, a, lo a lot of people read an article that I wrote last year uh, for the Beard Bros about the Cannabis Boys Club yep. and how misogyny is just running rampant within our industry. It's been bad this time. You know, and I understand that that can be a product of our society, but as I said earlier, we need to do better. People are watching us. Like, this is a feminine plant, mm. and when we are disrespected as women and we are not seen, you know, that's a problem, and we cannot let that stand. This aggression will not stand, man. Oh, Kim. Oh, I didn't want to say her name. Okay, <laughs> we didn't say her last name. Do you know her? Uh, yes, yes, okay, yes, I do. So we're, we had from 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. this morning, we had a little coffee session, and the topic of conversation was the Cannabis Boys Club. It's like you guys have been chatting about it. Someone was walking around yesterday, a group of boy, guys, <laughs> mocking the buy weed from women, and it said, buy weed from rich white men. 
Yes, but, but I've been seeing it's this viral around. now. So we, we had an hour-long conversation about the Cannabis Boys Club from 7 a.m. to No kidding. That's a coincidence? That's, yeah, I don't, it must be. I mean, people will come to the booth and introduce themselves to all the men in my, on my team and completely ignore me, not realizing that I'm the only executive that, that's in the space. No, mm-hmm. but, but, but what's good is so it suggests that there's a trend here that we need to talk about because it's your observation, her observation. And it needs to be men joining the conversation because women have been talking about this since I got into the cannabis industry. We need male allies and other allies to, to start saying it because it just sounds like we're complaining. Right, right. And that's the thing is like the men need to be a part of the conversation. And I mean, the the article, she very well could have been talking about my article because I'm not going to front. It went pretty viral. And I'm still, people have been coming up to me all week saying, thank you for writing that. You know, it really resonated for me in unfortunately the worst ways, but it's true, right? And so I'm doing a follow-up this year. And Hit me up. I have some content. Absolutely. I would love that. Unfortunately. I would love that. We're, We're trying to focus on, though and shine a light on is who's doing it right. Well, yep. You know what I mean? Because to have a model, because if you can't see it, you can't be it. Mm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there are a lot of people who are doing it right. I was at an amazing gathering last night. Flower Hire had a great party. Um, there were a lot of women having this amazing conversations, and it was a really wonderful way to kick off the night. And Blunt Brunch was before the event, so all the women got to connect, so that now they know each other as they walk through the show. It creates community and safety, especially yes. in Vegas, which can be a little hairy. Yes, yes. Shout out to Adelia and to Parisa Rad because the Blunt Brunch is really setting the standard. Yes. And really empowering women. We are all on the same team. And women of color. They're yes. centering women of color, which is unique. Most of these women's organizations are run, in, uh, run by uh, primarily white women. Yes, exactly. And they are really inclusive and they're shining a light on so many different types of people and allowing everyone to achieve their dreams and lift each other up. And that's we need more of that in this space. We need more of that. So uh, yeah, it's interesting because we were having the discussion from 7 to 8 a.m. And uh, we, she was talking about what she saw at the parties the night before. The exact same observation that you saw. She was talking about this morning. Women don't even feel safe going to some of these parties unless they have a crew of women with them because it's such a male-dominated industry. And when it gets late and there's alcohol, it gets extremely unprofessional. And people only see you for the fact that you have female body parts and not that you're an executive in the cannabis industry. It's straight-up gross. It's it, And I don't know if it is, like, if it's the Vegas energy or because we're in cannabis and it's more laid back. But it's almost like men feel, and not all men, but it seems like a lot of men feel like they have a license to be gross. Entitlement is a disease. Absolutely. A thousand percent. Thousand percent. That 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 uh, FYI, that grossness goes away as you get older. I'm just hopefully. <laughs> I, well, I just I, I, I just finished my forties and uh, I know I look like I'm 21, but uh, I, 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 bear, I guarantee you it diminishes. In well, time. there's natural <laughs> testosterone and sexuality and energy, and then there's rape culture and control. Yeah. So that's ageless, right? right? So there's like a point where you stop like chasing women just because you're interested, and then there's a moment where you actually feel like they are less and that there's something to gain and that that's that's timeless yes well what's interesting is that, i mean personally i mean I, I, I can't speak for all men and all women and all people but it's all about merit to me it's all about what are your skills what are your talents i mean mita uh, we happen to only hire women but that's for a really interesting reason i discovered in 2015 14 15 16 especially through this industry that most men have within them this void mm. that can never be filled. Mm-hmm. It's like the maternal and nourishing. Well, so, so, but you guys have that. So, mm-hmm. so, so they have this sense of, of, of meaninglessness. Okay, you guys can create meaning instantly. You're tied to the cycle of nature. Man wonders about what his role is and his legacy mm. and his existence. So they constantly are trying to do things like 
create an identity, create a legacy, start wars, big, build, build Taj Mahals, or just be a person who's gathering as many resources as possible because that's going to somehow fill this void that they have. So I said, yeah, the level of greed within men of self-interest has no bounds. Women, equally as self-interested, but has limitations. They take what they need. Men take with no boundaries. That, to me, says, I want to work with women because they're just safer people. You know what I'm saying? I, just, I, just, I love hearing you say it. I, you know, I don't want to be a gender essentialist, but you know, yeah. there's definitely themes. And in, and in cannabis specifically, you add capitalism, which is super patriarchal, to that underlying culture, to Las Vegas, which is very... Um, you know, violent in a lot of ways, sexually violent. So yeah. I think we're, I mean, it, it's its hard to continue existing radically in this space. That, that's for sure. It takes a lot of energy when we should be focusing on building more business. It's actually not good for the industry. This is the other thing is people are always listing diversity, equity, and inclusion just to get women on the rolls, but having women on there actually makes your bottom line grow. Look yes. There, there's Kim. What up? Sadie. Hi, ladies. That's, yes. Also, also very important figures in the American uh, cannabis space. That's what I love about this booth is that people just walk by, <laughs> yep. like wave and stuff. It's, it's so awesome. Rochelle, what's your new um, Instagram? I want to shout that out because you've been shut down several times for what? cannabis um, censorship, um, and you've built it. And the fact that you're a journalist and a thought leader, and you're you've never even touched the plant or even come close to touching the plant. Me, me as well. I get shadow banned, and I've been deleted once, but you've been deleted like thrice. So just make sure that everyone knows where to follow you. Because My I know we're guess to build is she's probably touched the plant a few times. <laughs> 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 a non-plant touching plant toucher. There you go. Yeah. There you go. I'm just from this saying. Rochelle, the writer. R a c h e l l e, the writer. Make sure to follow me. Yes, please. Uh, I'm on my third Instagram this year, and hopefully, third time's the charm. Yep, it will be. <laughs> so we have the women issues. It's an ongoing yep. thing. We got a little bit of update. You're going to do an update about that subject matter in yes. your upcoming articles. Watch out for that. That's going to be really good. Something coming up. Anything else that like crossed your mind that you saw? that was like this is hot this is interesting wow kind of thing so anything surprise you um nothing has surprised me too yeah. much yet i do hear that I we have a new dab I, i'll have to show you i heard that ice fire is working on some stuff so i can't wait to see that and talk off the record about that and then on the record when you guys are ready i will say that something i'm excited to see more of in this industry just in general are the minor cannabinoids coming out yes. and, I'm, and i'm not talking about the delta 8 mm -hmm. and the hhc mm -hmm. no i'm talking about marijuana derived yes exactly and i'm talking about not just the cbd but the cbn the cbg shout out to space gems for their cbn thc yeah me that thing is saving my life and I want to see more products for more consumers. THCV. Yes, THCV. Shout out to uh, Emerald Spirit Botanicals for their THCV strain, the, um, the Pink Boost Goddess. Amazing. We need more of that. We need more stuff for every consumer. Mm. I want to make sure that everyone in my family has a product for them if they actually need it and want it. There's hundreds of cannabinoids. Why are we hyper-focused on two? I don't get it. Yeah, and the THC percentages. What about the terpenes? I want to hear more about the terpenes. The I want profiles. To Absolutely. We need to educate the consumer. That's who I'm concerned about. I love hanging out with my fellow with my fellow industry people. But it's an echo chamber. Exactly, exactly. And there's people who, like I said earlier, they're looking to us for information and for help, and we need to give it to them. And that's what I love about the iSpire. You know, it makes concentrate consumption so simple. It demystifies. Absolutely. It's approachable. Not everyone can 
can handle a blowtorch in their face. You know, I have a burn. Oh. You can see the scar right here, yep. right? We all yep. let's all show our dad scars, yep. right? From e nails. Exactly. And so it's like, what can we do to make sure that people can consume safely and have what they need for them? Because honestly, like this heady boy culture, it's not for everyone, and it's okay. There's a space for that, but like there it's are a not. lot of people that we're not seeing. You I will go ahead. No, I will say though, like on the topic of women in cannabis, I never feel less seen. Than when I'm with a group of heady boys, I hate to see that. What, what kind of boys? Heady boys. Heady boys. Hey, hey. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what's I, I think so important is something that I feel like we just always say is we need to educate the consumer. It's so soft and qualitative, um, and people are like, yeah, that's not really like part of my pro forma. Like, I this is a transactional consumer like thing. But what what you just said is so important. It's the education is not fluff. If you don't welcome new consumers, we will not grow this industry. Yes. It goes back to women and, and people of color. You're not just doing it to have black female faces on your team. You they it. actually improve your bottom line. Yes. So education. If you we keep talking about expanding and scaling and growing and MSOs, how are you going to get people on if if not everyone wants THC, not everyone wants psychoactivity? Absolutely. Especially 90% of people walking into clubs are asking for things to help them sleep. Mm -hmm. And for me, THC edibles or gummies before I go to bed. That don't, they don't help me sleep. CBN, a little mix of CBG, CBD, I'm good. But I think that this literacy piece, people need to realize that they need to bake that into their pro formas because it will help them grow. It's totally different than just yeah. being like, do a good job at educating people. It's like, grow your market, homie. Yes. I, I, I love this. This is my favorite podcast because I'm sitting here watching. This is like art in action. Okay. <laughs> so, so they got this covered. So I'm thinking to myself. So go take okay. your pee break. <laughs> what, yeah, I'm thinking to myself, what do I do? And then I'm thinking to myself, this reminds me of a separate Sesame Street episode where I should, like, start singing a song called, like, one of these things is not like the yeah, other, <laughs> not like the other, not like, and just disappear. And this go We're out here, day three of MJ BizCon. Exit stage we, we see love. you. We see you. Yeah. We appreciate you. No, we love no. you. Where's I, I got your back. Where's I Woodstock? Got, I got your back. I love you guys. Where's you our got boy? the best shoes. And you, my friend, one thing that surprised me the most and one takeaway from Jibiscon is that her and I have to hang out together and interview more people because it's I'm so much that. fun. I'm here for that. I love she, your legal she, mind. I love your, your legal notepads. I, I take notes. You're I, you so know, goofy and sweet, thing, and everyone loves you. Know, you. This is such thing. an important thing for a, for a trade organization, which is usually very sterile and cold and um, for, formatted and you guys bring such a warmth. Um, I really appreciate that your team is mostly women. All of you guys are folks of color, too. A lot of these trade organizations really feel like they look like and represent um, people who already have institutional privilege. And I think that you guys make it very accessible, especially in Arizona, where it's mainly brown folks. Um, I think that that's a radical act, is to be really welcoming and warm and build the culture into something that's traditionally pretty corporate as far as trade trade organization cultures go. Yeah, we, we, we were noticing the other day, uh, Huerta. Uh, Munoz, Valenzuela, Blanco. I'm like, wait, are we are like Hispanic trade. I mean, like everybody's like got those last names. Well, you're representing your 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 region, isn't that that isn't that how it's supposed to be? Yeah. Um, well, I'm I mean, the majority sure. of this country and the majority of California are brown, so we need to have that representation. Same thing with females. We're more than half of the population. Why are we 10% of CEOs? That always really confused me. Why things aren't 50/50? Right. It's like it just seems like logical. So we're getting there. I, I, I think patriarchy is dying. I think that we're shifting into oh. a new world, especially with cannabis. We're going to get there. I hope so, so. Our producer is signaling that we got to round up. So how, mm. do people, uh, how do people find you, and how do they keep track of your thought process and what you're writing about? Best ways. 
Uh, definitely the Instagram, which uh, I shouted out earlier, but Rochelle the writer. And then also uh, LinkedIn. LinkedIn. You can certainly find me on LinkedIn, just Rochelle Gordon. And then see me at the shows. I'm on the circuit. So come up and say hi. And uh, we'll go outside and have a little session. It'll be beautiful. She's a very mellow energy at shows. She's a very grounding perspective. So I highly recommend. It's like a little self-care spa time when you're with Rochelle. She's got energetic mellowness that's really uh, infectious. So thank you for doing that work here with all the chaos. It means a lot to me to have people that are holding it down and have a really good vibration. Thank you. I appreciate that. They do call me the good vibes fairy. And so I would hope to sprinkle that magic throughout. And, and, I, me. and I appreciate your energy as well. You're always such a light Luna. And your energy as well, even Thank though it's you. new to me. No, but no, no. One of these. Yeah, it yeah, feels beautiful. I'm going to exit the stage <laughs> left now. And One of these things. Rochelle will be back at MJ BizCon 2023 to give us our updates and stuff. We're trying to kind of set this up for next year as well. I'll so be here. definitely check in with us and, uh, on, on, and you're a Friday person for MJ BizCon 2023. I'm here. You're gonna get <laughs> We're trying to do a whole game day type of thing. We'll see what happens. It's tough. It's a marathon, not a sprint, everyone. But I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Thank you all yeah. so much. Luna Sauer signing out for iSpire. <laughs>